Good morning, everyone, and welcome to the Mind World Podcast, the podcast where we discuss uh, everything related to mining and the digitalization of the mining industry, and specifically how fast things are happening, hence the name Mind Warp. Um, thank you for joining us. We always appreciate uh, you listening and downloading the podcast or listening to it. Just to remind you, you can do that online on your favorite podcast app, or you can go straight to the mineup.com website and find it there as well. Today, we've got uh, a few very interesting guests, and let's start um, by introducing the topic. We are going to talk a little bit about uh, our partnership with a company called BBCom, and we've got their uh, CEO, Marnie Creel, uh, with us. And also in the discussion with us is Mike Woodall, mining executive at, uh, at MineRP and responsible for all things mining standards-wise. And lastly, John Guy Taylor. John Guy Taylor is also a mining, a mining executive uh, with MineRP. I'll uh, let you jump in, Marnie, if you, if you don't mind. Uh, tell us a little bit more about yourself. Uh, you're a mining engineer, aren't you? Yeah, MP, thank you so much, and thanks for the invite. Um, looking forward to have the chat with you. But yeah, indeed, I'm a mining engineer, but I want to take it back a couple of steps. So I, I think um, I want to share with you that I was actually born in Langlaagte, where gold was discovered all those years back. Um, so I'm a Joburg city boy, born and bred, um, did my schooling in Johannesburg, and then ultimately decided at some point that um, I need to do something with my life and, and decided to enroll with the University of Pretoria and, and study mining engineering. But interestingly enough, um, I was fortunate I had, was in, um, invited for a, for a scholarship interview by Anglo-American. And um, at that interview, I vividly remember them asking me, why mining engineering? And my response was simply, um, I know my nature and, and um, I've always known I'll either become an astronaut or I'll join Jacques Cousteau with his deep sea exploration programs. Um, but probably I'm also a realist and, and realized living in South Africa that deep level mining is probably where where I find, will have the easiest access to, to carve out a, a, a career. So yeah, that's where it all started. I started um, at the deep level mines, Western Deeps, um, Ball Reefs, um, I, um, President Brandt. Um, so that's where all uh, mining started for me. I'm very privileged um, to have been part of that phase of mining in South Africa. You will recall it was the days where um, first and foremost, the golf course was, was built and then the mine came. So um, that, that was an era that I often um, long for. But long story short, yes, I'm a mining engineer. Um, at some point, um, did my turn um, in the diamond industry. Also, that had a stint in Germany, where I um, was privileged to, to get some exposure to plant and, and beneficiation and project management. And um, yeah, um, long story short, in, uh, about 12, 13 years back, decided I need a, a second um, chapter of my career and started um, consulting. And that's where, where um, we started Libicom um, as a bunch of, of mining engineers. Yes, that's it. So we'll, we'll get a bit more background on Libicom uh, soon. Mike Woodall, you've been on the MineWorld podcast before, but why don't you just tell us, uh, tell our listeners again a little bit more about yourself? 
Okay, uh, very quickly, I am also a mining engineer, 25 years on production and projects in the Australian and South African mining environments. And I joined GMSI as it was then in its early days, which today has become MineRP. So my current role is Director Mining Standards. I end up explaining mining to people, traditionally both mining and non-mining people, because our experience shows we don't perhaps understand our business quite as well as we should. I always recall um, MineRP prides itself in having IT savvy mining people and mining savvy IT people. And, and it's and a I great think, combination. It works for us. Yeah. And a lot of that is your fault uh, because you do translate mining into IT for, for a lot of people at MineRP and at our clients. Well done for that. <laughs> Thank you. John Guy Taylor, tell us a little bit more about yourself and, uh, and your background, please. Thanks, MP, yeah, and uh, thanks for the introductions. So, yeah, I am, am a mining engineer as well uh, from the Camborne School of Mines in the UK. Uh, also currently a member of the South African Institute of Mining and Metallurgy. Got into mining as a learner official, actually, uh, before I went to, to varsity and then um, uh, uh, started my experience in um, the Zimbabwe operations for Anglo-American Bandura Nickel Corporation, uh, as well as having stint in Concola Copper Mines in Zambia uh, before coming down to South Africa, where uh, I was um, first of all in the Anglo-American Corporation in South Africa uh, before starting my own business. So I've got a lot of experience, uh, operational, technical leadership experience, with those uh, organizations before I started my uh, consulting business uh, and specializing there in conceptual pre-feasibility and feasibility studies. Uh, also involved a lot in short, medium, long-term and life of mind planning, uh, but particularly in, uh, first of all, massive hard rock mines uh, where a lot of mechanization, but also in the platinum with more than narrow uh, vein mining underground mining, uh, although I do have experience both um, in open pit and underground, um, as well as uh, various commodities ranging from base metals, platinum, uh, iron ore, etc. So yeah. Uh, as, as I listen to you there, I, I always wonder, you know, where is the ideal uh, space for an engineer in the planning world or, or uh, on the actual mine where the, where the mining gets done? And uh, I guess it's a little bit the same kind of question, you know, is it better to teach than to do? And <laughs> well, I think you need to have uh, operational experience before you get into the technical. Uh, but right. I decided I would go the technical route initially. Um, so, you know, I, I, my strengths was in terms of the planning uh, hmm. side of things. And I decided to do that, but also within the leadership role. Um, in those areas. Yeah. Um, Marnie, that, that's maybe a good segue back to you and, and to Vidicom. Now, you said that after um, a fairly distinguished career in the mining industry, you wanted to get a second bite at the apple, so to say, and, and start a new career. But you could only do that and start Vidicom with your partners because there's a, a depth of experience already uh, there that you could then take back to the market. So tell us a little bit more about Vidicom and why the name VBCOM, by the way, and so on. 
Yeah, so um, just a name. Um, when we decided to start the business, we were looking for all the creative mining names like OptiPit and Opti yeah, Optimized, but only to realize that all the good names have been taken. So <laughs> for the five founding members, we'll take the, the letter of the, the surname. So it's it's really just the five um, founding members' surnames that, that made up BBCom. So um, that's that's the engineering version of creativity. Exactly, and, and you know, in consulting, you will be a mess if you don't have a three-letter acronym. So we take it <laughs> a, a step further by adding another two to the three three-letter acronym. So yeah, that's been fun. Five mining engineers joined forces um, um, in 2008 to to start the business, but um, it also started with a lot of planning beforehand. Um, as engineers, we like to analyze things, we like to plan things thoroughly. And similarly, we, we spent about six months in, of, of business planning to, to, to form the business. Yes, with a strong initial um, intent of providing technical mining engineering services and consulting services, the planning, the feasibility type work. Um, but it was never the intention to just remain that. So we always had the vision of actually serving the whole value chain in mining. So um, from geology all the way to the market. Um, and that that was always the intention. And we're making some good progress in, in that space. Thanks. So at this stage, um, where Vivicom is at right now, we do provide geology services, mining engineering services, metallurgy services, and then also very importantly across the silos, the technical silos, we have a strong project management um, functionality, and then also a strong team of industrial engineers that um, sews together all the processes, all the way from early exploration to the final product um, being delivered in China. So that's that's in a, in a nutshell the, the service offerings um, but with a very clear focus on technical mm -hmm. and also business. So we always combine the two. It's not a matter of just providing the best technical solution. Um, it's also important for VVCOM to, to understand the business. And at the end of the day, it must all our solutions that we do provide our clients must make business sense. Yeah. Uh, so, so speaking of, of, of business sense, why partner with a software company? I mean, we are talking a little bit about our partnerships, and we, I'm going to ask Mike Woodall to tell us a little bit more about you know, the importance uh, of partnerships to MinoP. But um, what made you think of, uh, of talking to a software company, uh, not necessarily mining technical only? Yeah, MP, I think that is a very, very good question. Um, because we always pride ourselves as, as Vivicom to say, for us, it's not necessarily about the tools, but it's all about the engineering for, from where we sit. Um, so we put a lot, large emphasis on the engineering and the science. But every good engineer needs a great toolkit and needs the best tools to provide the best solutions. And, and we're constantly in that space seeking for the best possible tools that we can utilize to, and I like the, your phrase of warp speed, and that's mm -hmm. become a reality. Um, we, we know if we are to remain relevant in the consulting to 
to walk ahead and provide our, our clients with expert um, solutions. We cannot do it at a, a snail's pace that was the norm six and seven years back. Every year, the, the standard is lifted. The quality needs to be right. It needs to be cutting edge, and we need to add speed um, on that. And, and certainly, um, in terms of our relationship with MineRP, that is absolutely what we see. Uh, we see a company that is taking the lead in, in your industry, um, and we'd like to be part of, of that success story. Um, we, we have been in discussion with MineRP for many, uh, uh, many years. Yes. And what, what we also like is, I think, the total um, solution. Um, I touched on VBCom looking at the whole value chain and the silos of the technical disciplines. But what we find is quite often uh, that these silos operate um, in, as silos and a lot of the opportunities between the silos go amiss. Um, so we like to attack those, those areas and I, I believe your platform and your approach to data of one, one version of the truth of, of mm -hmm. data management is strategically absolutely where where this industry is going and and we'd like to to be part of of aligning with that vbcom is is absolutely all about long-term relationships and and we're hopeful that that this partnership can come long-term um, mutually beneficial where we we can assist with some engineering and and geology inputs yeah and assistance um, whilst you pr um, provide the, the, the top-in-class um, tools. That's right. No, that's that's excellent. Mike, on that topic then, the ecosystems of, of partners that exist in the market out there uh, also reflects uh, onto the MinerP's business strategy, doesn't it? And so what do we, yeah, why are our partnerships yeah. so important to us? Sure. And Marnie's touched on it. Uh, he's quite right. Many people have the aspiration to talk to the enterprise of mining across all the disciplines, um, technical and non-technical. And no one vendor can do that. Um, once you've admitted that, then you're left with a choice. Well, either I'm going to tackle the industry based on what I can do, or I'm going to look for partners to fill in those gaps. And that has been MineRP's approach. Uh, we've got a streamlined three-tier partner framework where we have strategic partners, uh, people uh, or companies that have global reach. Uh, they talk to the boardrooms the CIOs and CFOs. Um, we traditionally came from the pure mining technical area. We have expanded, but we don't claim to do it all. And so the strategic partners are the ones who are going to change the industry. We have collaboration partners, which assumes that we have a joint client uh, that needs us to work together on their behalf. And at the bottom end of the scale is the engagement partner, where we're not even sure what we can offer. But it is an opportunity then to explore what we each are good at and come up with something that uh, offers a bit of synergy to the marketplace together that neither of us can do alone. And that's the conversation yeah. we've been having with VBCom. So, John Guy, you've been uh, working a lot with, with VBCom to understand exactly what Mike has just said. Uh, or to, to help guide this exploration process of what is it, not only that we could do together, because obviously many companies could do many things together, um, but what is uniquely valuable uh, that the two companies could uh, do together? So you want to tell us a little bit more about the outcome of 
as we refer to it, that you know, certified value proposition discovery process. And, 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 and what is it that, that this partnership offers that's unique? Exactly. So as has been alluded to, it's really utilizing our various uh, strengths and skills and technologies, et cetera, to complement each other. Um, in particular, we've uh, pursued several um, CVPs, as you call them, um, certified value propositions to be able to take to the market. Uh, in particular, we have um, an iron ore opportunity where we're looking at an optimization that uh, involves our uh, sister company or uh, one of our subsidiaries, Elitica. Uh, and the current as a situation there is, is that the iron ore mine, uh, which is in the Northern Cape, supplying iron ore to the local market only currently. And really, there's, it's profitable only very marginally at this point in time. Whereas they have a fairly extensive ore resource, and there is an opportunity to spend some capital to establish the export market for them. And that way, they would be able to extend the life of mine. So we're looking there and we're proposing at looking at uh, um, optimizing by looking at various scenarios and also what are the levers uh, that we believe would be able to va demonstrate value to that operation. Maybe it's uh, uh, spending capital to bring in a rail link. Uh, maybe it's also uh, spending capital to um, expand the plant or build a, a different uh, module on the plant, different type of plant. But we believe with doing that, like I said, um, extending the life of mine, uh, which uh, you know has a high potential as from work that has already been done uh, by VBCOM there in terms of their pit optimization study, uh, generating additional profit, um, at least four times that profit. Mm. And Marnie, on your side, uh, then you are taking the outputs of the existing studies that has been done and applying some optimization technologies from MineRP and skills to, to come up with, with options for optimizing the outcome. Absolutely, MP. Um, so yeah, um, we, we have a, a long, deep history in, in iron ore mining. So this opportunity um, is an iron ore opportunity. So we um, have a deep understanding of, of, of all the potential options out there. And sometimes it's difficult because um, it's often very complex to, to model the, 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 the various scenarios. And, and we're looking forward to accessing the Elitica um, platform uh, along with MineRP to see how best we can optimize the, um, the various options, but also present it to the client in a way that's understandable that it, to get the buy-in. Quite often, the iron ore business is complex with a lot of variables, um, and, and, and it's quite um, difficult to actually come to a solution that's, that one can explain and, um, and the client buys into. And that part of the journey that we're on here is to unlock significant value, um, and that's what we're all about, um, is, is not just incremental. Sometimes it's very appropriate to just do the incremental um, changes and, and improvements, but what we see with this opportunity is maybe something much more significant than an incremental change. Yeah. Uh, just by the way, for our listeners, Yandri, our podcast producer, will also post a few links to, uh, to other po uh, podcasts, other episodes where we've actually spoken with, with the uh, Elitica team 
who have put together this platform that connects the minor P information base with the optimization engines that are available uh, in Redica. So if you want to learn more about that, then, then that's your uh, option. Um, yeah, Marty, can I chip in there? Uh, yeah, go for it, Mike. Is that it's a useful uh, connection to make because people use the term optimization to mean many different things. Sometimes even just the incremental work that uh, Marnie was just referring to. When we talk about optimization, we're talking about mathematical search engines. Uh, not a lot of people can do that kind of work. And that's why we partnered uh, with Alitica. Thank you. Thank you for that perspective, Mike. And, and of course, that'll uh, eventually uh, go much further into the worlds of artificial intelligence and cognitive systems as we are able to uh, connect more and more of these systems continuously and automate the processes that Mani was talking about. These processes, of course, Mani, are some of the things that minds need to get fixed before they'll get value from any technology as well, isn't it? And, and, and that's another thing that, that I believe VBCom does to help the mind to get a handle on their whole set of management processes or else adding another piece of software really just adds more noise to the story, doesn't it? Absolutely. And you make me think when I was a general manager um, at one of the big diamond producers way back, that was um, in the sort of the early 2000s. I had the huge um, need to actually integrate a number of systems at the, at the mine um, at the time. And we, ex uh, we initiated a, a large project to do exactly that. And probably two years down the line of, of trying to do that, we, we realized that at that time, we were not successful in achieving that. Um, fast, fast forward 20 years where we now, I think um, what we see MinoP achieving is exactly that, that of introducing or in, incorporating various softwares, various systems um, onto one platform so that we, we get to that point where you have one version of the, of the truth, not just technical data, but also financial data um, and, and various other pieces of information that's integrated. And that's so great because this is sort of a dream for me coming true that, um, and yes, the work still lies ahead. We will have to, to as, as VBCom, um, experience that and, 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 and assist in, in, in refining that and rolling these things out uh, on a practical level at the mines. But that certainly was a dream that I had 20 years back, couldn't achieve it at the time. But I think with the progress on, in technology, the maturity of big data management um, happening as we speak, I think that that goal is much more achievable right now. And we're looking forward to that. Yeah, and, and and this flows into operational readiness, you know, um, making sure that the that the mine is ready to receive, adopt, and get value from whatever you know you put in there. Because whether it's a, a piece of physical plant that you implement or or a piece of uh, software, you really have to work with people in the end to make sure that that this gets used and value emerges. Gentlemen, uh, John Guy, you wanted to add something in there? Yeah, we often refer to people, process, and technology. So uh, in a technology company, it's not just about the technology. It's about the people and the processes, uh, how those need to change. Uh, the people are, are adapting to the different changes in the processes, how they adopt those processes, how their lives change in terms of meetings, 
management routines, etc. So, yeah, it's um, and, and, and as a mining executive on on uh, these kinds of projects, um, your role entails kind of keeping the project aligned to to the uh, to mining, isn't it? I mean, to, to make sure that nobody leaves behind a a system where the green button does what the green button is supposed to do, but but we don't. Uh, end up um, get, you know, improving the grade or improving the tons or, or increasing the tons or whatever. Isn't it? That, that's your job, John, right? to make sure yeah. that. So, so yeah, so my RP um, saw the need to bring in people like myself, mining executives who have the practical uh, and operational experience in the, in the industry, uh, but uh, the main role really being to extract value from the um, the technology and the and the projects that we actually execute and 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 implement and put down. So uh, that uh, big part of that is 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 how does the process change? Uh, like I said, uh, how do we actually adapt to that? And then how do we actually adopt the technology and 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 working with the guys uh, on the operations and on site within the projects to actually steer that and 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 lead that. Sounds very good. Gentlemen, we, we're out of time. We're not out of topics. We could <laughs> sit and discuss this for many, many more hours, I'm sure. Uh, yeah, we miners, we got lots of stories. <laughs> yeah. uh, I don't I know it. But uh, I, I do want to hear some personal stories maybe uh, to, to land this. We always ask our guests on the podcast uh, to tell us a little bit more about what they're reading. What's, what's on your bedside table? Mike, let's start with you. You're going to catch me out this time. Uh, for several months, I have been reading a, a historical account of the voyages and travels. It comes in huge volumes. I'm up to volume 11. It started off about the year 600, and I'm up to about 1720. I'm finding <laughs> it really, really interesting. <laughs> it explains a lot about how we got to where we are today. Yeah, I'm sure. Sounds great. John Guy. I like thrillers uh, and um, reading fiction novels, etc. Uh, currently, uh, I'm reading a, a book um, which uh, is actually uh, looking at prophetic insight into uh, what happened with regards to the um, uh, the 9/11 and and just the mm. the 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 various um, things from scripture and and. And what happened, uh, you know, in history, and what led to this, which I find absolutely fascinating. Uh, but the other thing that I'm also finding fascinating at the moment is I'm um, uh, um, watching a few World War II um, uh, uh, series on TV, and and you know just how the 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 World Wars came about, and yeah, you know the the behaviour of of uh, people like Hitler, etc., which. Uh, I find absolutely incredible and yeah, amazing. Maybe maybe your interest in the prophetic and your interest in schedule optimization and predictive analytics, uh, <laughs> <laughs> some kind of <laughs> in your mind somewhere. <laughs> yeah, go for it, Bonnie and on your side. Oh, thank you, NPI. I, I love you asking the question because that's one of the things I actually love doing is is reading and uh, and I find it difficult to focus on a single book at a time. So I always have a stack uh, next to my bedside and and I I, I pass the one from the one to the other and uh, chapter by chapter. What what I'm reading at the moment is um, I'm I'm busy with 
Simon Sinek's new on the, the infinite game, find it very fascinating. Um, and then another one that's also currently, uh, it's, uh, it's about probably a year old, that bordered a year back when I um, actually uh, met Peter Nell and, and the team in Canada um, at, at PDAC, but I, I picked it up there and um, it's called The Future is Faster Than You Think. And it's written by Peter Diamandis. He's the founder of, of the Singularity University. Fascinating yeah. reading um, and all about what, what we discussed today is technology and where that will take us in the near future and, and what's happening right now. So it's fascinating. Yeah, the whole singularity talk. So we, we came from one, we're aiming, aiming towards becoming one. <laughs> That's going to be a very interesting time going forward. Mike Woodall and John Guy Taylor and Manik Wheel from Digicom, thank you so much for spending time on more podcast. Uh, we look forward to many more the, the similar discussions and hope to have you back soon. Thank you very much. Okay. Thanks very Cheers. much. Thank you. Thanks, guys. Thanks, MP. Bye-bye.